Welcome into the edge on this Thursday morning. I am Aaron Karolnik, and the sun is shining, the weather is turning, and seemingly the pandemic, at least it's going in the right direction in our province, which is fantastic news. And while our government refuses to consider the advice of doctors and scientists with regards to outdoor recreation, who needs the outdoors anyways when you have the Stanley Cup playoffs, the NBA play-in coming up, the NBA playoffs just around the corner, the PGA Championship next, next week, and... And, uh, man, the NFL release, the schedule release, I was going through the uh, schedule. Who am I betting on? Which week? The week one lines. Pure degeneracy on my part. Love the Steelers under nine wins. Fading Ben Roethlisberger, age 39. Come on, let's be real here. But let's start with the NHL. And for the first time since 1979, the Toronto Maple Leafs will play the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs. The Leafs, heavy, minus 270 favorites to beat Montreal, which is an implied probability of 73%. We bring in Andy McNeil, a hockey analyst for VEASAN Live. You can follow him on Twitter at Digital Gambler. Good morning, Andy. How's it going? It's going great, Aaron. Um, uh, just like you were saying there, just as uh, you know, things are, are heating up here out in Alberta, and I'm, I'm getting a chance to, to get out of my basement a little bit. Uh, time for the NHL playoffs. <laughs> so I'm going to be stuck in here a little bit longer. Yes, well, I mean, we have to look on the bright side these days, and we just, and like, the, there's a feeling in the air that you get when the playoffs are around the corner, and we know that Washington and Boston begins on Saturday. We believe the North Division playoffs begin next week, likely on Wednesday. And, Andy, let's start with the Leafs and the Habs. I know you're an Alberta guy, and uh, we'll get to things out your way. I'm actually way. from the East Coast, so don't, uh, okay. don't, don't get the whole province of okay. Ontario after me here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so perfect. On that subject, we know the Leafs are a huge favorite. And they and Carolina, the biggest favorites in round one. What do you make of the minus 270 number for the Leafs over Montreal? Well, I'm, I'm really gra- glad that you brought up the, the implied probability, roughly 73%, because that, that's what I've estimated uh, as far as the Leafs' chances of winning the game. Now, I don't think anybody can de- or winning the series, sorry. I don't think anybody can deny that they should be big favorites here. Um, they've owned the season series, uh, particularly, you know, as of late, um, since Brendan Gallagher went down with injury. And now, will he be ready for game one? Uh, that's, that's, you know, something that's still up in the air. It seems to be trending in that direction. Uh, but he's such a huge play driver. And I know some people are, are probably skeptical that that one player can, can make a big difference. But I, I think he can. So I think he would instill some, some hope into the Canadians' chances here. Um, but yeah, the Leafs are going to come away with the win in this series, roughly. 75 percent of the time like i said um but that doesn't mean there's actually value in betting them i think you're you're basically flipping a coin at that minus 270 price um you know uh, on that series money line and uh it's you know i think leafs fans can can probably get behind the idea that laying three dollars roughly to win one dollar uh would probably not be a super fun experience for them i know they're probably already sweating the outcome of this series uh as things stand <laughs> uh you know there there's that 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 um idea that that this team is cursed and whatever can go wrong will go wrong for them in the playoffs but i don't believe that to be true uh, this is a very good hockey team they're they're likely going to handle the canadians um but i i don't think they'll have a significant territorial advantage montreal tends to keep the shots pretty close uh, they're they're not going to score as many goals. They'll probably allow a few more than the Leafs on average. But 
Um, you know, if Gallagher is back and, and, the, and the Canadians can return to their form from earlier this season, which I, I, I think is less likely now than it was a couple of months ago, um, you know, they, they could give the Leafs some trouble. I think it'll be a fun series for sure, but but I have no um, stake in it right now. I'm looking at uh, in-game opportunities. The Leafs obviously are going to be a team that is not going to quit if they go down by a couple of goals, and, and there could be some great uh, in-game prices to look for. Uh, as far as uh, betting on the Toronto Maple Leafs on a game-to-game basis. Andy, I should say that I did uh, predict that the Leafs would sweep Columbus last year in the playoffs, so you might want to take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt, but when you think about value and betting on the Leafs against the Habs, and if you are steadfast in your belief that the the Leafs will make quick work of Montreal, Craig Button, our TSN resident scout, says he doesn't believe that Montreal can take a game off Toronto. Could you simply bet on the Leafs to win in four or five games? Maybe that would yield some more value as opposed to taking them minus 270. Well, I've worked out that uh, probability as well, and I have the Leafs winning in four games, sweeping the series roughly 14% of the time. And if you look over at, at DraftKings and BetMGM and, and some of these other sports books, that's roughly what we're seeing, uh, about 6-1 to one odds for the Leafs to, to win in four games now. Uh, like I said, with Gallagher's status up in the air, that's something that maybe Toronto sports fans will want to monitor uh, as the, the game one draws closer. Will he miss game one? Then then maybe that would create an opportunity to jump in on, on something like that, like a, a Leafs to sweep the series at 6-1 to one, or um, maybe laying minus 125 on a series spread, uh, meaning that they've got to win in six games or less. Uh, in, in the case that the Gallagher doesn't suit up, I think there would be some value there for sure. Yeah, a lot of question marks with Montreal. Of course, Carey Price hasn't played in a while now. Talking about Shea Weber and Philip Deneau, who've been out, and, of course, Gallagher. A lot of question marks there, and it seems like the Leafs are getting healthy at the right time, and uh, they play their final game of the season tomorrow night against Winnipeg. Andy McNeil is a hockey analyst for VEASAN Live. Follow him on Twitter at Digital Gambler. Now let's move to the other Canadian matchup, and it's the Oilers and the Jets. The Oilers minus 145 favorites. No surprise that Connor McDavid has 22 points in nine games against Winnipeg this year. The Oilers went 7-2 in their nine matchups, and the Jets have just been terrible, terrible heading into the postseason. Am I missing something as to why Edmonton is not a bigger favorite over Winnipeg? Well, I, you know, I think that there's, there's definitely, uh, despite the fact that Hellebuck has not um, played well against the Oilers this year, if you look at evolving hockey's goal save uh, above expected, uh, he's allowed roughly six goals more than an average goaltender would have against the Oilers this season in seven games. Um, and, 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 you know, that, that, that definitely plays into things here as far as uh, some of the concern I have as far as Winnipeg's chances. Um, but these are, you know, have been pretty comparable teams for most of the season. And then uh, Nikolai Ehlers went down, and the Jets, everything kind of went off the rails for that team. Um, but they were looking pretty good up until that point. Um, and obviously they haven't got as, as much out of Pierre-Luc Dubois as they would have liked uh, since, since that trade. Um, but I know everybody will remember just how good he was in the playoffs last year. And, and even though it seems less and less likely with each passing game that he can get back there, I mean, there is that possibility. But with, with Ehlers coming back, uh, presumably for the, the playoffs and, and ready for game one, um, that definitely increases their chances a little bit. And it'll, it'll um, you know, 
it'll be a different looking Jets team than we've seen over the last month or so. Um, I've got the Oilers winning roughly 62% of the time. And hey, you know, it's, it's, I mean, if I look at the DraftKings odds here, we've got the Jets at plus 150 to win the series, the Oilers at minus 186, minus 163, which is my estimate, is, is right between there. Um, so I, I think I've done a pretty good job at, at, at handicapping this series. Um, but it'll be one, I think, that I'll be watching very closely um, to see if the Jets can, can get back to form here. I think the playoffs, um, you know, more so than the regular season, there's a chance uh, for betters to take a, a qualitative approach. I mean, it's really hard to watch 1,271 regular season hockey games and, and know everything that's going on in the league on a day-to-day basis. But in the playoffs, you know, there are fewer games and, and, and it's easier to catch everything and, and, and really uh, take some some, you know, maybe some valuable insights away uh, from each and every game. And, and you'll know when a team has it and when they don't. Um, but right now, no, no betting opportunities on this Edmonton Oilers and Winnipeg Jets series for me. Yeah, and, and if we were talking two months ago, I mean, this, this series would probably have been a pick em. And just the way that these two teams have kind of gone opposite directions with McDavid and Dreisaitl just putting up prodigious point totals and the Oilers winning a bunch of games down the stretch, and then Winnipeg seemingly falling off a cliff, not really sure what to make of the Jets. But at plus 150 on Winnipeg to beat Edmonton, I think you have to at least consider a little bit of a sniff. But let's move beyond the North Division, and let's look at the NHL and the Stanley Cup Futures Board as a whole. You have Colorado and Vegas as the favorites, the de facto favorites around plus 500, plus 550 to win the Stanley Cup, followed by the Leafs and the Lightning. And the way I look at this, Andy, is... The Leafs, in my opinion, have the easiest path to the Final Four. They would have to beat Montreal and then one of Edmonton or Winnipeg, in which they would be the prohibitive favorite, in my estimation, definitely against Montreal and and against Edmonton and or Winnipeg as well. The other teams, if you look at Vegas or Colorado, Tampa, Carolina, Boston, they have to play a quality, quality hockey team that is basically their equal in round two or round one in the case of Tampa Bay and Florida. Do you think in that instance it makes some sense to back the Leafs because you lock them in at plus 600 and they have a pretty damn good chance to be in the Final Four? Just from from that standpoint, I mean, now is the time to do it if you haven't done so already because, like you said, they are a big favorite here against the Habs. They'll be a a bigger favorite or, you know, maybe a slightly less favorite against uh, the Oilers um, and a bigger favorite against the Jets as things currently stand. So, you know, we can, we can forecast some, some similar prices as far as the series prices going forward, uh, and, and anticipate that the Leafs will, you know, be, be upwards of minus 250 in, in some of these North Division playoffs matchups. Um, so yeah, that now's the time, but, you know, I, I personally, and, and this is inf- uh, advice to take into next season, I think, you know, building a futures portfolio as far as, you know, Stanley Cup bets and things like that, uh, that's yeah. something you definitely want to do over the course of the season. I mean, I mean I'm holding uh, Carolina 20 to 1, Toronto 17 to 1 from preseason, um, St. Louis 50 to 1. Uh, you know, there, there's, there's a bunch there that I've grabbed. The Brooms <laughs> around 16 to 1. Um, and, 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 you know, I think if you talk to most gamblers and then most people that have been around the industry for a while, they'll tell you that. That the futures best, the futures markets um, at this time of year and, and prior to the season, a lot of the time don't don't really offer a lot of value. I think there's there's better ways to go about it, especially you know if you if you like a long shot, um, it might be better to look at you know rolling over your series winnings. Uh, you think they can win four ga- four rounds? Well, you know bet on them bet on them to win the first round. 
uh, and then roll that over in the second round and roll it over again in the third round, assuming you win. And, and a lot of the time, if you work out the math and the, and the payouts, uh, you'll actually come away with a bigger profit doing things that way. I think you're spot on. There's no doubt mathematically it makes more sense that let's just say hypothetically you bet on the Leafs to beat Montreal, the Leafs to beat Edmonton, and then in round three they play Colorado where they're probably the underdog. You're talking about you rolling all, over. all those. And, 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 <laughs> yeah. you'll, and you'll probably be closer to 10 or 12 to 1 as opposed to the plus 600 you're being offered right now. Exactly. So but let's look at the, at the board in total. And, and you think of teams a little bit further down the board. I mean, I'm eyeing Washington at four, at fifteen to one, Pittsburgh at thirteen to one, even Boston at eleven to one. I think those three teams could provide some value, and I understand they're all are all in the East Division, but I mean, it, it's it, you are right at this point in time. You really do need to be scouting the, and I loved how you use the futures portfolio because you know I'm a, I'm a stock guy, and I and I appreciate that mindset because I I, I do sure, I have yeah, Washington yeah. I have Washington at, at thirty to one. And now you, their odds have been cut in half. You don't see any value on the board um, as of the current moment with regards to Stanley Cup futures, Andy? I don't. I'm, I'm being totally honest, guys. I mean, it's, it's something that I feel like, you know, this is a season-long thing. There are opportunities to jump in and grab some really great prices on teams throughout the season because there's a lot of overreaction um, in these markets here. Um, and, and like I said, I think there's just going to be some better, there's, there's much better ways to make money uh, throughout these, these playoffs. Um, they might not show themselves immediately, but, um, you know, things will reveal themselves. Edges will reveal themselves as, as play goes on here. Um, but yeah, no, I, I've, I've, uh, I, I've, I'm not adding anything at this, this moment in time. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Let's... I, I do want to add, sorry, really yep. quick. You sure. mentioned the Pittsburgh Penguins. If you yeah. are looking at a team like that right now at like around thirteen to one, maybe look around for you know if you think they can go all the way, maybe look around for a Sidney Crosby to win the Conn Smythe at twenty to one, or Afghani Malkin to win the Conn Smythe at forty to one. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if you're just looking to uh, let's say throw a dart. Uh, so to speak, uh, you're going to get a much bigger, bigger payout, and, and those teams will definitely be in the mix, or those players, sorry, will definitely be in the mix if the Penguins go all the way, obviously. Absolutely. Could not agree more. And I think the way you look at that is very similar to how you look at a Super Bowl MVP bet. You know, I think about Tom Brady with the Bucks. I mean, if you believe the, the Bucks are going to win the Super Bowl, uh, going back For to sure. February, pretty good chance that Tom Brady was going to win MVP, and that, of course, is what transpired back then. Uh, let's conclude with the opening of the Stanley Cup playoffs on Saturday. It's Washington and it's Boston. And Washington, one of the most thrilling wins of my betting career, uh, with Michael <laughs> Raffle's goal with 1.8 seconds left to cash that bet in regulation against the Boston team that was resting literally everyone. The Bruins are... Minus 145 to beat the Capitals, a number that I'm kind of surprised by because Washington, they've been banged up, but they've been pretty good down the stretch. So has Boston. I view this series as more of a pick em. How do you view Boston and Washington starting on Saturday night? Well, I, I'm, I'm, I'm further away from a pick em than you are, that's for sure. I'm at roughly around 64% uh, as far as the Bruins' chances of winning, which puts their odds. Um, their series price around minus 180. So uh, I'm 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 estimating that I have a big edge here on the Boston Bruins to win the series. And in fact, I've I've bet the Bruins to win the series at minus 130, minus 140, up to minus 145. I, I would consider laying a bigger price. I'm seeing some minus 155 out there. Um, but but you know if 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 these prices are any indication of, of what the game one price will be, because um, you know it's easier to win one game 
uh, than it is to win, you know, four games out of seven. So, uh, you know, the, 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 the game one price should be shorter than the series price theoretically. So I'm looking forward to backing the Bruins in game one here on Saturday, looking forward to seeing the price. Uh, I'm willing to lay uh, up to minus 155, minus 160 with Boston in game one. Um, so, so that's something I'm looking for. I think this, this Washington team, man, the most of the, most of their problems are, are in goal, yeah. uh, which is, you know, going to be a, a big issue for them. Um, but, but of course, uh, you know, and, and this goes for the, the Winnipeg, uh, and Edmonton series too. Um, goaltending edges don't necessarily show themselves, uh, over a seven game series sometimes. I think goaltending, uh, performances, people should kind of look at them like uh, a range of outcomes. Like every goaltender has their own little roulette wheel uh, that they spin before every game. And, and, and you know, sometimes uh, it, that's just how variance works. And, and you know, they don't get to those strong performances in, in, in the run of a seven-game series. So, uh, you know, that could open things up for Washington. But just the Bruins, they've got a 1A and a 1B now with, with Taylor Hall playing so well and, and him elevating the play of the, the people around him. Um, and two really solid thir- uh, bottom six uh, lines there. Um, and, and, you know, some really solid options in goal. They're getting hot at the ro- right time and finding a ton of chemistry. So uh, Boston uh, to win this series at minus 145 is a, is a great bet in my opinion. Andy, I will not stand for Vitek Vanacek slander on this radio show. <laughs> uh, Washington Capitals goaltender who's going head to get against Tuka Rask, who's been awesome down the stretch. So, yeah, a little bit of a disparity as far as goaltending in Washington and Boston, but that should be a heated series, one I cannot wait for starting on and Saturday. I do want to add really quick it, it's tough to know if Washington is 100%, and that's something that I think people would want to monitor in game one because they are really banged up right now. Yeah, no, you're, you're right. I mean, it seems like all their top players have missed time in the last couple of weeks, and Kuznetsov was on the COVID list. And, I mean, I think if you're looking at betting on Boston in game one, game two, maybe that makes a lot of sense considering how 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 it's been so difficult for Washington down the last couple of weeks of the of, of the regular season. Andy McNeil from Veasan, he's their hockey analyst. Thank you for taking the time, my friend. Look forward to doing this again soon. For sure, anytime, guys. Good luck in the playoffs. All right, follow Andy at Digital Gambler for all of your Stanley Cup playoff betting needs. And I will be tuned into Andy's Twitter account and social media and his work on VEASAN because I love the Stanley Cup playoffs and I love betting it. We're actually going to be joined by Scott Cullen of Monkey Knife Fight and The Athletic a little bit later in the program. We're going to be talking about playoff pools, and it's one of my great passions in life. Stanley Cup playoff hockey pools, and whether it's doing a draft, a... Just a, a pool where you select certain dues from certain columns. I can't get enough. I'm already in four of them. And Scott Cullen has been laying down the best bets and the best uh, picks as far as uh, playoff pools for de- more than a decade now, going back to his time at TSN. So look forward to speaking to Scott in about 15 minutes. But coming up next is Jonathan Van Tobel down in Vegas. We're going to talk about the NBA Futures Board because last night a number of big things transpired. James Harden returned. And the Lakers snuck out a W over the Houston Rockets. Way to go, Lakers. That's next on The Edge. So last night in the NBA, James Harden made his long-awaited return to the lineup for the Brooklyn Nets. Harden was nursing that hamstring injury. He came off the bench for the first time since 2012. Routine double-double, 18 points, 11 dimes for James Harden as Brooklyn beat the Spurs. But I want to read you this quote from Harden after the game. Not to, like, brag or anything, but I'm, like, really 
really good at this game. Very true, James. And with this, we welcome in our next guest who's really, really good at broadcasting. It is Jonathan Van Tobel, the host of Hardwood Handicappers Podcast and senior NBA analyst for VEASAN Live. JVT, how are you, my man? I'm good, man. And I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Harden was my MVP before he went down. Uh, the guy's incredible. And I, I think the Brooklyn version of Harden has been something we haven't seen before, especially when he plays with those two. And we didn't get Kyrie yesterday. But exactly. I've been impressed with Harden this year. And it sucks that he got his season cut into with that injury. But he's been freaking great. When when Harden's been in the lineup, I think for my money, he's been the best player in the NBA. And uh, that's not, I don't think that's some crazy hot take. I know you could say Jokic with Denver, who hasn't missed a game. He's been exceptional all year. But Harden's been putting up some just nasty numbers. And you see how good Brooklyn's been when he's in the lineup. And that brings me to looking at the Eastern Conference as a whole. And Brooklyn is the prohibitive favorite. They're basically even money to win the conference, followed by Milwaukee and Philly and maybe Miami a little bit deeper down. And there are those, Jonathan, that look at Brooklyn and say they have no continuity. Durant, Kyrie, and Harden have barely played together at all this year. Is there anyone who can stop the Nets, assuming they have those three in the lineup together? I, you know, I think so, right? Like, the numbers come back with those three are on the floor together. They're absolutely great. A plus 13.1 net rating, offensive rating of 126.4. You know, if you dive a little bit deeper, too, some of their best lineups, you know, they have the traditional lineup with DeAndre Jordan. They got a plus 20.6 net rating with that lineup on the floor. They're plus 26.7 when they go small ball and Jeff Green plays center. So there's some really good pieces, obviously, for this Nets team and some really good lineups they can throw out there. But, you know, they also have their weaknesses. They, they really have no true answer for a guy like Joel Embiid in a series like that. I think that would be a really tough series for them, a long, drawn-out series. Philadelphia, they don't take a lot of threes, but they can shoot relatively well. And I think they can really play very solid defense. We have all the pieces across the board to handle some of the guys that they throw out there. So that would be a tough series. We just watched the Milwaukee Bucks beat them twice, right, about a week ago or so. Yeah. Granted, James Harden wasn't on the floor. But, you know, the Bucks again, too. They have three guys who can spearhead defensively, whether it's going to be Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and Giannis Antetokounmpo to take care of the big three. And when you say take care of, at least adequately defend them to a certain extent. And they're a really solid offensive team. But I think when you look at both of those teams as well, there are flaws that the Brooklyn Nets can exploit. Perimeter defense for the Milwaukee Bucks is just in the tank. They're in the bottom 20s. And the weakness for Philadelphia has been along the perimeter as well. And so that's something that could really happen. So I think when you look at like the matchup between the top three teams, I wouldn't really be surprised if it shakes out in any order, whether it's Milwaukee, whether it's Philadelphia, whether it's Brooklyn. I would say that if I'm ranking those outcomes, I think it would be Brooklyn winning the East, Philadelphia winning the East, and Milwaukee winning the East. But, yeah, I think there are definitely some things that any one of those two teams can do to hold them off, win the Eastern Conference, and move on to the finals. Yeah, I think it's pretty clear, Jonathan, if you look at Brooklyn, their weaknesses up front. I mean, Blake Griffin, mm-hmm. who three months ago was written off, his, his NBA career was basically over. He hadn't dunked in, I don't know, decades with the Detroit Pistons. All of a sudden, comes over to Brooklyn and is a big contributor as far as their front court, front court goes. And I understand LaMarcus Aldridge um, bowed out of the season due to, a, due to a health problem. But, I mean, at the same time, I think if there is a way to look at Brooklyn and be concerned, yes, that offense is – you could argue those three guys together form the best offense in the last 25 years in the NBA. That's how good they've been together on the floor, again, albeit in six games. But, I mean, yeah, you talk about Giannis and you talk about Joel Embiid. 
Even Bam Adebayo with, with the Miami Heat. Those guys could pose some significant problems to Brooklyn, and I think that's something you have to keep in mind. Uh, Jonathan Van Tobel from VEASAN Live down in Las Vegas is our guest here on The Edge. I am Aaron Karolnik, and I mentioned how the Lakers pulled out that W over Houston, one of the worst teams in the NBA. And yes, LeBron James and Anthony Davis were not playing for the Lakers, and I suppose their chances at avoiding the play-in remain. It seems pretty likely at this point they will be in the play-in. And if they are, I mean, their path back to the NBA Finals, Jonathan, is imposing to say the least. They're going to have to run through a gamut of great basketball teams, and that's doing so with LeBron on that bulky ankle. Now now Anthony Davis has a groin problem in addition to what was plaguing him before. What do you make of the Lakers at this point? Are you still a believer? Uh, you know, I'm a believer to an extent that like they'll make it out of the, the play-in, right? It's hard if Anthony Davis, LeBron James are going to be on the floor. It's very unlikely that they're going to lose two elimination games, right? You remember that's the format. If they're going to finish the seventh seed or the eighth seed, yeah. got to lose twice to get knocked out. So I don't think that's going to happen. And then you look at the path, like you're right, like that's going to be relatively tough. If they finish the seventh seed, more than likely they get the Phoenix Suns. And then after that, you could probably get, if you do move on, a second-round series with a team like the Los Angeles Clippers. So it's going to be a really tough road to hoe, and you're assuming that there's going to be health. But I could foresee them winning a playoff series. And I don't think they really want to see the Suns, per se, in the first round. But the Suns do have their flaws. If you look at the second half, one of the things that has really stuck out to me with the Suns this year, you know, especially in the first half, is I just didn't know that they were going to be this good defensively. right? And in the first half, well into the top ten, uh, from a defensive efficiency standpoint, they've been absolutely spectacular. But if you look at them post-All-Star break, the Suns team has shown some chinks in the armor for the most part. They've been you know, an average team in terms of their defensive efficiency, and that's something that's got to change. 20th in terms of defensive efficiency for the Suns since the All-Star break. And that's they're playing a little bit more like I kind of expected to on that end. And so that's going to be a problem, right? No true wing defender to handle a LeBron James type, except for Mikhail Bridges, and that's going to kind of be a problem, I think, for Bridges. So, like, that kind of a series you could foresee them winning. You know, I, but you're right. That's going to be a tough series if they can win it. The, the Clippers have a winning record against them over the last two years, right? Uh, they, that's going to be quite the road to get through. And then you get to the Western Conference Finals, more than likely could be a Utah Jazz team. So, mm-hmm. like... I think the value is probably in betting against them. You know, circa about a week ago, uh, one of my colleagues, Aaron Renning, very good uh, handicapper of the NBA, bet the no, moved the line pretty heavily on the Lakers winning the Western Conference. That is, there, it's where the value was in betting against this team to do so. Now that value is pretty gone. But I think overall, it's more than likely that we see a new representative of the Western Conference Finals, given the path that the Lakers are going to have to take at this point. Jonathan, I'm glad you brought up Utah as a potential opponent for the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals because I feel that Utah is criminally underrated in the betting markets. I mean, this is the team with the best record in the NBA, the best point differential in the NBA, top five defense. I mean, they have very few holes, and I understand Donovan Mitchell and Mike Conley have been banged up, and we'll see when they return, if they'll be ready to go when the playoffs begin. But, man, Jordan Clarkson is looking like Michael Jordan these days, the way he's putting up points for Utah. And assuming they get those guys back, being Mitchell and Conley, I mean, this is a team that's seen a number of guys step up in their absence. You think about Bogdanovich, who put up, was it 48 last week? And, mm-hmm. I mean, I kind of like the idea of, I'm backing, I'm seeing Utah around plus 650, plus 700 to win the title. I mean, if there's ever a year for some weird outcome, like the Utah Jazz winning the NBA title, isn't this the year? Yeah, you know, it, it totally is, right? And 
I think for Utah, like, I think they're, they're somewhat flawed in terms of, like, even if they're at their peak, right? We talk about, you know, I've used this term a couple of times, but when you're looking at defensive matchups, because we don't really look at them a lot, you know, if you look at this roster, who in the world is guarding a Kawhi Leonard? Who, who is guarding a LeBron James? Royce O'Neal is a very solid defender, but he gives up a lot of size and speed and strength to both of those guys. So they have no real true wing defender to take care of some of those elite scorers they're going to see if they run into series with the Clippers or the Lakers. But the best part about where the Jazz are at at this point right now, whether you th- whatever you think of them or not, the bracket is falling perfectly for them. If they get yeah. this one seed, which they're more than likely going to do, you get an eight matchup, which is, I would say, more than likely going to be one of the Warriors, Grizzlies, or Spurs. After that, you're going to draw the winner of the 4-5 matchup, which is either a banged-up Nuggets team or an extremely flawed defensive team in the Portland Trailblazers, assuming that it's going to be the Blazers. If not, even if the Mavericks move up to five, the Mavericks are a flawed defensive team. So the path to the East or the Western Conference Finals is extremely viable for Utah if they retain this number one seed. So like, if you're looking around the board, if you want to look at something like a Western Conference Finals price, you can sit on a plus price when they get to the Western Conference Finals, or I should say Western Conference price. Maybe that would be the way to go. You can get off of it. The path to a Western Conference Finals berth, even outside of you know the Conley and Donovan Mitchell injuries, the path there is very favorable for the Utah Jazz. And then when you get there, you got to win a series against whoever comes out of that second side of the bracket. So you're right. Like this is a very realistic chance for the Utah Jazz to represent the Western Conference. You know, last year my co-host Matt Eumann, we were talking about that. We had we had a bet. Uh, he would buy me tickets to Hawaii if the Utah Jazz had made it to the Western Conference Finals and the NBA Finals because I was really high on them, and I was a year too early. This year, they're really solid. The injuries might hold them back a little bit, but this is a great team with an easy path to the finals in their conference. It would be very realistic that we see them represent the West. I'm surprised you wouldn't want a trip to Salt Lake City where Utah 31-5 and five at home, and as the number one seed, they'll be playing, uh, I would be having home court advantage throughout the playoffs. I think that could be another uh, advantage, um, the check mark in the favor of the Utah Jazz. And I can guarantee you, Jonathan, this is the most the Utah Jazz have been discussed on this radio station, probably since Carl Malone and John Stockton were playing, and actually this station didn't exist at that time, so probably the most ever. Anyways, you're listening to The Edge here on TSN 1050. I'm Aaron Karolnik. Uh, we're joined by Jonathan Van Tobel from VEASAN Live down in Las Vegas. And I want to talk about the Raptors and Bulls tonight, a game that has almost zero meaning for either team. The Raps, they're done. The Bulls, I mean, they're basically done as well. Zach Levine's back. He's playing well. And I'm seeing the Bulls as 10-point favorites in this one. When you look at a game down the stretch that has so little meaning and a double-digit favorite, and, and I understand the Bulls have probably their full complement. You'll see Vucevic tonight. You'll see Levine. You'll see Kobe White. And the Raptors are sitting everyone. How do you handicap a game with implications meaning so little and you're kind of just seeing these, t- these teams play out the string? When you're looking at a game like tonight, what is it you're looking at in specific? Well, I mean, first off, when you're looking at a game like this, you, you obviously know that there's really no value in betting a, a favorite in this kind of a situation, right? Because while there's not much on the line, the loss for the Wizards the other day kept Chicago alive in the race for the 10 seed. So theoretically, this team wins out. They're still alive to make it into the final seed of the Eastern Conference play-in situation. So there is some life for Chicago, but there's so much that is baked into a number like this, right, where there is no value in laying that. You have all of that in terms of the um, – the want for the new the Chicago Bulls to stay alive. You have the Toronto Raptors pretty much sitting everybody and being relatively inconsistent of who they're going to put out there on a given night. But, but you know this Bulls team also is it's they might be shorthanded today too. You know Daniel Tice questionable to play with a hip injury. Tomas Sadoransky is dealing with an ankle injury as well. So I think to me like when you're looking at games like this, 
almost every single time there is value in taking points. I get it that the Raptors don't look like the most attractive roster at this point right now, but this number is inflated for Chicago because for some reason we feel that motivation, whether you know even there is very little chance that this Bulls team makes it into the postseason, we feel that, and I say that collectively, I guess is worth like an extra point and a half or something to the point spread, when really that's not really the case. If you're motivated, you're motivated, that's fine, but it doesn't make you a better team. And so I would think that there's there's value in betting against teams like that in most situations because the market is a little too high on the team that needs to win, and that shouldn't make you a better team. It just gives you a little bit more ants in your pants in terms of needing to win the contest, you know? Yeah, and uh, if, if there's one prop I'm looking at it tonight, I think it's the Gary Trent over points. He has been ice-cold shooting. He has eight for his last 36 from the field. I think that number could come down a little bit tonight against Chicago. Could see him having a 20-plus point evening, especially with basically the entire Raptors roster sitting out tonight's game. Jonathan, as always, we appreciate you doing this. Next time we have you on, we'll talk some NFL wins over unders because I know you're all over that as well down, down in, uh, for VEASAN Live down in Las Vegas. Uh, as always, we appreciate your insight and look forward to having you on down the road. Thanks as always for having me, guys. Appreciate it. All right, that's Jonathan Van Tobel uh, down in Las Vegas for VEASAN Live. And I'm seeing in Vegas they have lifted the mandate as far as like, certainly the mask mandate has been lifted, but 100% capacity on casino floors down in Las Vegas. Wow, that place will be popping off like very few places on earth in the coming days and weeks. And man, am I jealous of them. Scott Cullen, he is a hockey analyst for Monkey Knife Fight for the Athletic playoff pools on the horizon a lot of drafts will be going down this weekend ahead of washington and boston on saturday night we will pick his brain as one of the preeminent hockey pool prognosticators on the planet that's next on the edge what you know about rolling down in the deep when you it is the edge on this Thursday morning. I am Aaron Karolnik, and the Stanley Cup playoffs beginning on Saturday night with the Washington Capitals and the Boston Bruins kicking things off. I can't wait for that, and I can't wait for my annual rite of passage, my playoff hockey pools with my buddies this year on Zoom, of course. I That is like one of my favorite things on the sporting calendar is that draft. I go back to university where one of my friends took Chris Osgood third overall in spite of goalies only receiving points for wins, and we still chirp him to this day. And a man whose rankings I have used for a very long time. Basically, it's my playoff hockey Bible. It is Scott Cullen from Monkey Night Fight. He is a contributor for the Athletic and McKean's Hockey as well. What's up, Scott? How are you? I'm good. How you doing, uh, Aaron? It's uh, nice when you take Chris Osgood, you can peek out at 16 points. Yeah, right? exactly, exactly. <laughs> I, I, it's funny because we go, we still talk about that all the time around this time of year because we we all do our draft, and yeah. I think the next pick was Datsuk or Zetterberg, and he actually had fewer points than Osgood. I think the Red Wings yeah. flamed out early. This was probably like 2008 or something like that. Anyways, let's go from 2008 to 2021, and let's look at hockey pools this year and, and it's it's a little bit different because you think about how the divisions are set up and how it seems to me at least the most likely outcome is the Toronto Maple Leafs going through at least two rounds to the final four and then you look at other top teams like Colorado and Vegas who are going to have a and, and Tampa Bay who are going to have a very tough path to the final four so when you're at the top of your playoff hockey pool Scott is it a bunch of Leafs or is it somebody else 
It probably is a, a bunch of leaks, and, and you know, not to be super, super Toronto Homer, uh, but when, you, when you're looking at the the path for Toronto to get there, it's just as you as you say, it's it's easier uh, than than what it was. Like like to me, Colorado's been the best team in the league, but Vegas is like the second or third best team in the league. <laughs> and so uh, if they meet in round two, uh, that that's a pretty you know tough task to get through there. And you know not not that you know say Toronto gets through and Edmonton gets through, it's not as though Edmonton's going to be a cakewalk, but they're not as good as uh, as Vegas, uh, at least in terms of their their all around play. Uh, and so if you're you know, one of the, I guess, keys in, in fantasy hockey is you, you try and get your players who are going to go as deep as possible. And if, if you look at uh, the Leafs and think they have the, the easiest path to get to the Final Four, then, you know, then th- that makes them really uh, appealing. Uh, and, you know, this doesn't mean, oh, I would only take Leafs. But if, you know, if you're trying to decide between Austin Matthews and, and you know, Nathan McKinnon, well, it still might mean that Austin Matthews uh, is a little bit safer. Yeah, and the funny thing about playoff hockey pools, I mean, I think there's an argument to be made that I'd rather have Zach Hyman than Connor McDavid in a playoff <laughs> hockey pool. As absurd as that sounds, I think that's a realistic proposition. We're joined by Scott Cohen, uh, works for Monkey Knife Fight, uh, The Athletic, and McKean's Hockey does some fantastic work when it comes to uh, all things fantasy hockey. Make sure to follow him at by Scott Cullen on Twitter. And I'm looking at some betting props, as I want to do. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the Leafs and the Habs series on a number of online sports books, they have props like most series goals and most series points. It will surprise nobody that Austin Matthews is the favorite at minus 200 for most goals in the Leafs and Habs series. He's also the favorite for most points. And I don't really want to bet against Austin for goals, but I think <laughs> for points, there is some merit to looking at Tavares and Nylander, simply because those guys are on the first power play unit alongside Matthews and Marner, and perhaps it's their line. In a, you know, we're talking about a five-game, perhaps six-game sample size. Perhaps it's their line that gets it done and scores a bunch of even-strength goals against Montreal, and maybe those, one of those two are the series leader in points for the least. Am I off base, or should I just go with Matthews and Marner? Well, no, no. I think that's where the value is. I mean, yeah. I, yes, Austin Matthews is, is the deserved favorite in those categories. That's fine. But if you're looking to, you know, find excess value where, um, you know, you might be able to hit a home run, then yeah, you have to look at uh, at Nylander and Tavares because you know the odds are, you know, a little bit better. Uh, and I mean, I think the you know your hope if you take those guys is that it's a short series. That if you know if you're talking a four game sample and oh. You know, you, you start off with a, a couple points on the first in the first night. Well, all of a sudden, you know, you you might just be able to to hold on and uh, and win uh, the the most yeah. uh, goals or most points in that series. And so, you know, that, that's where I think you know the value is. And, and I, I look through those odds, and I, you know, it, it'd be. I, I think you're. You know, yes, you can take a shot at somebody else. Like if you thought Montreal was going to pull off an upset, like go for Nick Suzuki and and. You know you're going to have a chance at a payoff there, but I mean you also require Montreal to uh, to, to win that series. And you know at the moment I'm not really feeling a whole lot of whole lot of those chances for Montreal. And like here's the thing: is if Carey Price, who hasn't played in, in ages, if he if he happens to come back and is vintage Carey Price, and maybe he does give Montreal a chance to to, to win. But how could you look at you know what he's done uh, this season and, and expect that okay that's the goaltender who's going to uh, who's going to steal the series from Montreal. And, and if, they, if he isn't going to do that, uh, I just don't know how Montreal wins. 
I'm I'm totally with you, Scott. And, and when I look at the Leafs and betting on the most goals in the Leafs and Habs series, I mean Zach Hyman plus six hundred plus sixteen hundred and Nick Foligno at plus two thousand. There's some value there. Those are top six forwards playing with, I mean Foligno with Tavares and Nylander and Hyman with Matthews and Marner. All you have to do is maybe score three or four goals, and that might be enough if perhaps Matthews isn't as piping hot as he's been in the last three months or basically the season as a whole. I mean, that guy has been a complete machine. And you know what? I think what I've just realized is I'm not betting against Austin Matthews when it comes to, <laughs> You're talking to goals. Out of it, eh? Yeah, I'm just like, nah, I, what am I doing here? Like, Matthews is, is going to put up a ton of goals against Montreal. We're talking to Scott Cullen here on The Edge. I'm Aaron Korolnik. And let's talk more about... Uh, kind of strategizing with regards to playoff pools because you're you've been a one of the industry leaders for a long time as far as putting out projections and kind of looking at how to benefit and how to assemble the best roster for a playoff hockey pool for so for all those people out there mm-hmm. who are doing their draft this coming weekend or probably maybe even tonight what are some tips tricks of the trade that you can give to our audience Scott well, I mean, the first of it is is you, you can have a very simple approach, and, and it's generally is you want to get uh, teams that are going to be in the final four, and you know you you can make your own determinations on on who that's going to be. Um, now, I, I wouldn't you know I wouldn't suggest taking you know all four underdogs, uh, you know, taking eight seeds across the board kind of thing to to get through. Uh, but at, at the same time, uh, you're probably not going to just take. You know the, the top team. Like uh, if if you look at you know Toronto and Colorado and uh, and you think okay, well those are, those are the teams who are who are gonna you know I'm gonna pin my hopes on on those teams to to go far. Well, that's great. You can you can take uh, players off those teams, but at some point in your draft, uh, you're going to reach a point where you, you, it's sort of a law of diminishing returns that uh, you know the the third line forward on, on the Leafs or, or Colorado is not going to be worth the same as you know a first line forward on uh, an underdog. Uh, and I mean, one of the teams that I would look at this year as, as an underdog, and they're only a slight underdog, is Florida, um, because I mean they don't have a playoff track record, uh, and they're going up against the defending Stanley Cup champions, uh, and so you know the popular thought is, is, is still going to uh, side with Tampa Bay, but you're going to have a whole lot of value, um, or at least potential value, if you t- grab a few guys off the Panthers, because you know the, the Lightning for for all their uh, you know, success last season. Uh, they're also dealing with, you know, Stamkos has missed a bunch of time. Hedman uh, has been playing hurt uh, for quite a while. Kucherov missed the entire season. And now, look, if all those guys came back and were 100% to start the playoffs, well, yeah, Tampa Bay looked like a juggernaut. But they might not. And and if those guys aren't all uh, ready to go, well, then Florida has a, a pretty fair shot uh, in that series. And if you can win that series, well, then, you know, who, who knows where it goes beyond that. And, and, and you can probably get uh, some guys on the Panthers uh, a little bit later uh, that you know you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily uh, be able to do that um, with with a lot of the other teams. But uh, on Florida, like you're probably not going to have to take Alexander Barkov in the first round. You know you, you can get him in the in the middle rounds of your draft probably, uh, and and he's going to play a ton. Uh, and if if Florida goes somewhere, then their top players are going to have. Uh, some pretty good numbers. So that that's kind of one of the, the strategies is that at some point in your draft, uh, you may have to slide off of you know the the widely regarded favorites and start looking for for value elsewhere. And it's still and it's worth it uh, because on on teams that people don't necessarily expect to win, um, you get to take the top players. 
not to mention Florida's only a slight underdog to Tampa mm-hmm. Bay for all the reasons you mentioned. Florida's had an amazing season, and yeah, you're, I think you're going to see like guys like Kucherov and Braden Point go off the board probably in the, in the first round of your playoff pool, and five or six rounds later, you can grab Hubido and Barkov and, and Sam Bennett, who's been unbelievable with Florida. I think that makes a lot of sense. Keep in mind, Scott, you look at the playoff point leaders from last year in the playoffs. Kucherov won point two, Miro Heiskanen three. Yeah. So, you know, a defenseman, I'm sure Miro Heiskanen probably went undrafted in many, many playoff pools last year, and he had the third most points of any player as, as a 20-year-old uh, in the 2020 NHL playoffs. Scott, we will be looking out for your work on Monkey Night Fight on The Athletic and on McKean's Hockey, and I will be using it as my Bible for everything playoff hockey pool when I do my drafts this weekend. So thank you for this. Cool. Thanks a lot, Aaron. All right, that is Scott Cullen, um, one of one of the greats, a legend in fantasy hockey in our country, and a guy who's really paved the way uh, for the mainstream of that unbelievably fun and uh, exciting activity, which I can't wait for. Uh, a bunch of my buddies, we're all jacked up for our playoff hockey pools, and hopefully Scott gave you the information you need and some of the ideas that you can utilize ahead of your own playoff pools this weekend. We'll be back to wrap things up on The Edge in just a moment. I got my peaches out in Georgia. Oh yeah. I get my weed from California. That's that. I took my chick up to Wrapping things up here on the edge. I am Aaron Korolnik and big day here on TSN ten fifty at noon alongside Andy Petrillo. Peter Holland making his co hosting debut on Leafs Lodge. Can't wait to hear his take on his former team, the Toronto Maple Leafs, as they prepare for their final game of the season tomorrow night against the Winnipeg Jets. But let's be real here. It's all about next week when the Leafs take on the Montreal Canadiens in the playoffs for the first time since 1979. Wow, I cannot wait for that. That is going to be just so, so good. And we all need something to look forward to these days. So that is certainly one thing we can indeed look forward to. The Leafs, minus 270 favorites to beat Montreal. An implied probability of 73%. In my mind, that seems a little bit low. I think that probability is a lot higher than that. And if you want to back the Leafs, betting on them at minus 270 Probably doesn't make all that much sense, but you can bet the under in games played in the series. The over-under is listed at five and a half games. So if you think the Leafs will make quick quick work of the Montreal Canadiens, win in four, win in five, you can bet the under of five and a half games in that series. And that might be something I will explore. I should say, as I told Andy McNeil from VEASAN Live a little bit earlier, I do have a bad track record in picking Leafs in the series, as I called a sweep for the Leafs against the Columbus Blue Jackets last year. But, I mean, I think we can all agree that the Maple Leafs are geared up. I mean, you think about all of their moves the deadline, all their moves in the offseason. Jack Campbell, 17-2-2, heading into the playoffs. He has been just a remarkable story for this team. And it just seems like the stars have aligned for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You talk about it being a huge favorite against Montreal. They will be a significant favorite against Edmonton and or Winnipeg, assuming they get past Montreal. And then you get to the Final Four where who knows who you'll be playing because in the other three divisions, the matchups will be significantly tougher. Let's look at Tampa Bay, who will have to play Florida and Carolina to get to the Final Four in the Leafs. Montreal and Edmonton or Winnipeg. I mean, it's not even comparable. So the path is there for the Leafs to do it. 
Will they be able to do it and get that monkey off their back since 1967? You know what? Just win a round. Win a round for the first time since 2004. I think we can all agree. It's a start. It's a start. And we go from there. So we need to thank Andy McNeil from VEASAN, Jonathan Van Tobel, also from VEASAN. A lot of VEASAN content here on the Edge this morning. Of course, Scott Collin, who does terrific work uh, with the playoff hockey pools, which I need to sign off from this program and start prepping because tonight, a big one in my household. I'm Aaron Karolnik. Thanks to 20 Fingers Vero behind the glass for his terrific technical producing. Back next week, PGA Championship and a ton of playoff hockey and basketball to look forward to. We'll speak to you then.